Get set for this episode of A-Level Chemistry Revision Bites, where we'll break down your revision into fun, bite-sized chunks while having a few laughs along the way. For more in-depth online learning, head on over to snaprevise.co.uk and see how our intelligent platform can transform your revision and help you score better grades with less stress. Here's the show. Over Christmas, did your mom or dad pile into the mince pies and Ferrero Rocher, but then say, I shall have to watch the calories? Weird phrase, isn't it? Watch your calories. Watch them doing what? Dance? Do some flower arranging? Some people think that calories are all about how fat you might get after eating something. But really, calories are a unit of measurement for heat change. Calorimetry is, in fact, the process of measuring the amount of heat given off or taken in during a chemical reaction. The two types of simple calorimeter we are talking about today are a coffee cup calorimeter. This can be used to calculate enthalpy changes of neutralization and a spirit burner calorimeter. This can be used to calculate enthalpy changes of combustion. However, there are more sophisticated types, such as the flame calorimeter and the bomb calorimeter, which are used by professional chemists. Don't worry about the bomb version. It isn't an actual bomb. But funnily enough, the coffee cup calorimeter actually is a coffee cup. If you'd like to do a bit of coffee cup calorimetry, it is quite simple. First, go buy a cup of coffee from McDonald's, Costa, Starbucks, Cafe Nero or Burger King. It doesn't matter where you get the coffee cup from. Just make sure it's something that will keep the heat in. Styrofoam is the best. Then, drink coffee. It doesn't have to be something fancy, hand-picked by trained llamas in the Andes that you need to get a bank loan to buy. Any old coffee will do. The reaction mixture is then placed in the hopefully styrofoam cup with a lid to keep it insulated, along with a stirrer and a thermometer. The styrofoam cup can be held within another styrofoam cup in a beaker for maximum insulation. If a relative got you some Christmas thermal socks or a reindeer motif jumper for Christmas, why not use them too? Okay, then add a measured volume of the first reactant and record the temperature once every minute until the temperature is stable or you go slowly mad with boredom. At the next minute, add a measured amount, mass or volume of the second reactant. Then record the temperature once a minute for at least six minutes whilst constantly stirring to ensure an even temperature distribution. I wouldn't recommend doing this in the kitchen at home or your dad might pick up a cup by mistake, wonder why it tastes so awful and the next thing you know, he'll be buying one of those George Clooney Nespresso coffee makers. Anyway, next, plot a graph of temperature against time. Draw the line of best fit for the two lines on the graph extrapolating the cooling curve and use them to calculate the maximum temperature change. If you have enough fridge magnets, maybe the graph can be an attractive kitchen decoration, but graph paper and a pencil is probably the best bet. Use the measured temperature change to calculate heat energy, Q, by using Q equals mc delta T. 
the volumes of any solutions will need to be converted to approximate masses by using their densities. Often, this is assumed to be one gram cubic centimeter. Next, we're going to look at a spirit burner calorimeter. I like these. They look like the kind of thing you see in a horror film about a mad scientist. I like the name Spirit Burner too. It could be a great horror film name. The substance being heated or cooled, usually water, is placed in a copper can with a thermometer. A spirit burner is placed underneath the copper can to heat it. It's optional to have a white coat on and an evil assistant called Igor. Next, weigh the spirit burner containing the fuel. Add a known volume of water to the copper can and measure the initial temperature of the water. Then burn the spirit burner and continuously stir the water. You can tell Igor to release the hounds at this point. After a few minutes, extinguish the flame and quickly reweigh the spirit burner to calculate the change in mass. Measure the final temperature of the water to calculate the change in temperature. Use the measured values to calculate heat change, Q, by using Q equals C delta T. Then you can say, It's alive! It's alive! Of course, we have to take into account errors and assumptions. Experimental values of enthalpy changes often differ from those found in data books. This is because of several possible reasons. First, heat may be lost from the water to the surroundings, or the copper can, as we have neglected its heat capacity. We'll come on to exactly what heat capacity is another time. Secondly, incomplete combustion of the fuel may occur. Thirdly, the experiment is maybe not conducted under standard conditions. Fourthly, some of the water or fuel may evaporate before reweighing. Fifth is that the reaction may be incomplete. Finally, heat capacities and densities of solutions are approximated as those of water in the case of reactions occurring in solution, but the true values may differ. Of course, there might be a more sinister reason. Isn't that right, Igor? Finally, let's look at calculating enthalpy changes. The enthalpy change of a reaction can be calculated if certain variables are known. The mass of the substance being heated or cooled, the specific heat capacity of the substance, the change in temperature of the substance. We write heat energy change as Q equals mc delta T. Q is the heat exchanged with the surroundings in joules. M is the mass of the substance heated or cooled in grams. C is the specific heat capacity, which we write as J, G to the power minus one or K to the power minus one. Delta T is the change in temperature, written as Kelvin or Celsius. The value of the change in temperature is the same regardless of whether it is given in Kelvin or degrees Celsius. For example, a temperature change of 5 degrees Celsius is equal to a temperature change of 5 Kelvin. That concludes our look at calorimetry. Don't forget to read the data sheet. Yes, they must read it, Igor, mustn't they? They really must.
That's it for today's episode of A-Level Chemistry Revision Bites. Are you looking for some extra help to improve your grades, but can't bear the thought of forking out £50 an hour for a private tutor? Neither can we, and that's why we built SnapRevise. SnapRevise is an intelligent platform that provides high-quality, tailored support that is more effective than private tutoring and is available anytime, anywhere, for a fraction of the cost. We have a whole range of amazing resources to suit all learning types, from bite-sized videos, self-marking quizzes, to mini-revision guides and predicted exam packs. We've built extremely smart technology that accelerates your learning by finding your knowledge gaps and filling them. And we have on-site tutors who are available to answer your questions 24-7, so you're never left in the dark. Head on over to snaprevise.co.uk or download our app and get your free trial now. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can get the latest podcasts as soon as they come out. And while you're at it, leave us a review and give us a rating so we can keep bringing you as many free, high-quality podcasts as possible. See you next time.